Happy December, Deuce fam. This is Kimmy back with the next episode of the Deuce Racing Podcast. And today, episode 17 features Nikki Gridadaria. Nikki assists Deuce significantly. She is such an important part of our team when it comes to digital production. Now, that's quite a broad stroke there to describe what it is that she does. I very much like to uh, refer to her as a wizard when it comes to her ability to distill, extract, convey thoughts and ideas, uh, beautiful things about Deuce and the programs that we offer in a visual, inviting, appealing very sexy, very cool way. Nikki is incredibly humble, and what is so fascinating about her story and her incredible talent and skill set when it comes to digital production is that Nikki didn't even go to school for this. It's pretty special to hear her describe what her process has been like into learning the skill set, into curating the skill set, into becoming pretty incredible with her skill set. Uh, it's not a coincidence, it's, it's built upon hours, hours, years of deliberate work. And it was really special to hear her describe what makes Deuce a great subject. And unsurprisingly, as well, it's, it's built upon Deuce's vulnerability. Our willingness to do incredibly hard things in this space. So. A tribute to Deuce Racing itself, right? The willingness to stick your neck out there vulnerably and assess your skills, test your skills out in the real world. Nikki lives it. And final fun fact, Nikki doesn't actually train at Deuce, which makes this story and sharing this conversation that much more exciting for me to share with all of you. Because remember, at Deuce, you don't have to work out to kick it. So I am sitting here with uh, the next guest, Deuce Racing Podcast. This is episode 17. Sweet. We're charging. Straight um, charging. With Nikki G, because I don't know how to pronounce your last name, so maybe you could just kick it <laughs> yeah, off with your full name. let's start with that. It's Gridadaria. That is 12 letters and Sicilian. And uh, it's Beautiful. phonetic. So if you just look at it and you sound it out, like it, it's that easy, but it is really intimidating. It's, it's intimidating. So Super intimidating. I get it. And I'm projecting, but would you say that's like your personality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's funny. Um, actually, my fiance Lisa wouldn't say my last name for the first few months of us being together because she was so self conscious because it's so it's, it's a mouthful, you mm-hmm. know. It can be weird, but, but it's um, great and it feels good to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is. And we're also sitting here with. Um, your child yes do you want to introduce yeah so my little dog Levi's here probably you'll hear him maybe walking around or making some weird noises so yeah you know holding the standard we we really have to uphold at least one dog in the room yeah so yeah amazing um thank you for having me Kimmy thank you for being here I'm stoked to have you I'm stoked to share your story and you a little bit more and what you do behind the scenes because it's a lot Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe just to kick it off, let everyone know, um, you know, what it is that you, what's your like job title? Like, 
Not oh, that that man. not the job titles like even define it, but what do you do for Deuce behind the scenes? Yeah. What do you do for Deuce? What do I do for Deuce? Why does um, it have to be behind the scenes? Yeah, all over the scene. Um so number one, I don't train at Deuce. Um I like that you said that. It's yeah, okay. It's but I do feel like I'm in the community. Oh so for sure. As like the sign on the wall says, like you don't have to work out to kick it, like my status is straight kicking it. Exer- <laughs> exercise your rights, people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So um, Logan and I met a few years ago through mutual friends and um, looking for some digital production work. And when I say that, it sort of in like encapsulates a bunch of different things, um, mm-hmm. sort of anything. It's just broad stroke, whether that's graphic design or PDFs or um, logos or email marketing like it's it's this broader term that we use to talk about like any kind of communication that happens online in a cool way yes Mm -hmm. i like that you added in a cool way yeah totally because there's me sending from kimmy at (laughs) deucegym.com which everyone who originally was at the the b and e seminar Mm -hmm. first year or so was like this long ass email just from like a regular email yeah so it turned into so what we call that is just like making it sexy (laughs) yeah it's all of your great content but what i do is behind the scenes i take that content that i could never develop the the you know rules and the how you know the exposure etc um all the curriculum and we take that and we basically we make graphics around it we put it into an email we send it don't worry about pausing for sound. The, the audience is used to this okay. by now. <laughs> okay, Guys, cool. hold the standard. There's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of adversity. We're going to speak above it. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't know. Okay, good. It's okay. So, um, so then the, uh, yeah, we just take that information and then I put it into a nice way of viewing it and then we send it out. Yeah, I think probably our first, I don't know, 29 email exchanges, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, Levi's like, mom is good. Mom is good. But I would say for sure, I'm not exaggerating when I say, you know, 29 is being funny. Maybe 30, 50, I don't know. Exchanges were like, you're a wizard. <laughs> and so there's this beautiful um, skill. And, yeah. and I don't want to say gift because I know you've curated this throughout your lifetime. Mm-hmm. of uh, Almost in a way, you're distilling common, simple language um, but you're like translating it into uh, a more accessible pop culture friendly sexy version which is like quite a skill set and so to kind of like bring it back home um where did you first you know start to get connected with art or visual well well first let me say that deuce is a really um it's a really nice backdrop to be able to design around because it's a really vulnerable effort. Yeah, I was going to say what makes a good what makes a good subject and yeah. why why is Deuce one? Well, obviously like really powerful imagery of humans in in any context of them, you know, putting in their best effort, their vulnerability and whether that's them like going into an ice bath or that's them doing, you know, a really hard lift or jumping or, you know, there's all kinds of things that um, that happen at Deuce, you know, the stones, the kegs, like it's just powerful imagery. Yeah. And so then to be able to use that and put some text on top, I don't have to do that much to make it look amazing because the people themselves make it that amazing. Mm. So <clears throat> I think you're being humble, but, well, but, but also <laughs> I, hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So on top of that, the art aspect, um, so I, if we take it a step 
even further back. Um, I went to school at Colorado College in Colorado Springs. Then I went and um, moved to Telluride, Colorado with my best friend. Um, and then I've never heard of that. Oh yeah, it's what awesome. Is it it's a uh, Southwest for? Colorado. It's um, <coughs> leave I had a sneeze. It's um, <laughs> it's known for it's a canyon uh, ski mountain town. <laughs> Don't worry, Levi's a, Levi's okay. Um, it's a canyon town, and it is a it's a beautiful town that has a lot of like music festivals, yoga festivals, a lot of skiing, a lot of mountain biking, just a lot of outdoor people. A lot of different human experiences. Yeah, totally, and really cool human experience. It's like a it's a beautiful place. Um, and so I left there, and I was like, okay, I have to be a lawyer I guess like what, what's my next step and so then I studied for the LSAT I took the LSAT I got into law school I moved back to Cleveland I go to law school and then I was there for a um a few months working at a law firm before law school was supposed to start and I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer and I didn't want to dress up every day how many years in was that that's pretty like so naturally I decided I need to be a lawyer well Damn. I, I know maybe I the s- logical part of your brain was well I had that. ski bum for like you know a couple of years and then mm-hmm. like some friends would you know leave and go get like big kid jobs or like career focused jobs not just like working in a bar and you know skiing or working in a bar in the summer and mountain biking all day and like it was like like very much like a neverland you know it was yeah had that kind of energy to it and so then I was worried that I was just going to be like a bartender the rest of my life, which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I didn't want that. You to, knew it wasn't for you. Yeah, it wasn't my, that wasn't what I wanted. And so moved back to Cleveland. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll be a lawyer. And it just seemed logical. I was a political science major okay. and, uh, in school. I guess I was fascinated by it. And, but then I think that, you know, I didn't, the lawyers that I was talking to at the time, everyone was having a hard time finding jobs at a law school. So I, I had gotten into law school, but I didn't start law school, right? And so I wasn't, I, you know, I was only out just like six months of studying for a test at this point. And so I was like, okay, this isn't for me. I, um, I quit the law firm and I got a job like as an intern working at a media company, sport, if that focused on sports performance. Okay. So that's how that started. And then after that, I got like great access, you know, I was like, I was able to it was Cleveland, you know, I could interview LeBron or um, I like got great access to like really in, like really like high profile athletes. It was, it was really cool. And yeah. um, that's incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. And then I from there started working. Or I got a job working for NBC Sports and that was down in Encinitas. And then I uh, that's San Diego area. And then I uh, came up to L.A., started working. And then I decided I was going to go do my own thing. And the reason. Mm-hmm why I got to that point was because doing all these different production type jobs, like I got to be like copywriter for, you know, social media and then, you know, writing blogs and, you know, and, but I didn't really do design work. Right. I sort mm-hmm. I've always had to work with the design teams to get the assets that I wanted to complement whatever I was trying to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized very quickly that you don't have, like you're always going to be waiting on a designer to do something if you um, aren't them, if you aren't them. Right. And so and I, you know, they were busy, you know, doing stuff for sponsors. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. And so that's what um, I learned how to do. I just started having to figure out how to do Photoshop. And then that's like where it all started was doing stuff because I didn't want to ask 
the designers because they were busy. So it was just, it was all self-taught. I don't have any, like, you know, I didn't go to any schooling for it. I just was like, I need to do this. And But I think that, you know, nat- the more I did it, the better I became at it. Mm-hmm. And then the more I trusted myself. And for a long time, I was like, well, I didn't go to school for it. I'm not really a designer, right? Yes. Like, so. almost like a little bit of, like, imposter syndrome. Oh, fully. And, I mean, the imposter is always, you know, it you know, it pops up every once in a while. Right. For sure. But like, how did you, how did you override that? Well, and maybe there were a number of ways. But yeah. How did you yeah, stay yeah. at it when, you know, you like, first of all, this is the first time I knew this. And you're <laughs> like, I didn't go to school for this. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I think I, all of, I think because I love it, like I yeah. love designing, um, and I'm fascinated by it. And like, there's things that like, I wish that like I had a, you know, a, a deeper well of knowledge in and mm. I can get that just like through studying and like through just practice but I I think that I didn't have to like convince myself this is something that I wanted to do it just was natural for me so when I you know drive around I am constantly looking at signs and logos and colors and things that like probably you know people don't really think about but I'll, I'll look at you know something on a menu and I'm like that isn't centered right or like you know like little things like that that most people probably wouldn't see but I see it just because I'm interested in it. That's where my eye goes, and, and that's what I like to do. So, and and the reps of that, I can imagine it just like it accumulates. Yeah, but totally. you have, you have this filter that you can't unsee now. Yeah. So, okay, I have a question about that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a lot of questions, but what do you think? Or you know, just like walk me through that drive to uh, produce or distill through imagery what isn't um isn't strong enough yet or or has a demand to be shown visually a certain way what is it that like you're getting at what are you trying to convey if you were to like distill what is the essence of all this of like transcribing a need to produce something in a more visually beautiful way like what is it that you're adding what do you mean say that again so like i think I'm hearing this drive in you yeah. to, I want to be able to visually produce what hasn't been produced yet. Yes. So that more people understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so that it reaches more people, right? So that's essentially, you know, the goal. And is it that? Yes. Yeah, like you want, <clears throat> when I think about designing something, I I think about, and, and that's sort of a, um. You know, when when you first start doing something, when I first started designing, I would I would look at what other people would do, right? Mm-hmm. And I would I would reference a lot of things and then I would use that knowledge to create, you know, the thing that I was trying to create. So if it was like an announcement or a schedule change, like what those things like should look like. And then I you don't really realize it until um I don't know, the benefit of hindsight maybe. And uh, you realize that when you have a brief or like you have something to design um, an announcement or, or whatever, it, it tends to be a, a unique kind of social media graphic or whatever. Um, you realize that you start to trust that your well of knowledge, you start to trust all the things that you've learned and your own style to be able to design um and create without having to reference so so um 
like so specifically, mm-hmm. right? You can still like, you take in design references all the time. If you know, if you, I see something on Instagram and, or I see something in the real world or a cool logo, like I'll take pictures all the time just because I'm like, and it can be random things, but I take them and I like consume them in my, like let them stay there with me. And then I can draw on those things like at later times. Um, yeah, I hear this great curiosity about broadening your well, mm-hmm. but also an intensity about, it's not like you're like, oh, that's cool, I take a picture. It's like, oh, that's cool, I take a picture and like, oh, like let me think about that for a yeah. second. And then the next time something comes up, that's like, because of you've really looked at it. Yeah. Not just passively taking it in. Totally. And you spend time with it, right? So like if I'm driving down the road, I'll like look at a sign and I'll, I can name the two fonts that are on that sign, which is crazy. So crazy. It's so crazy. But like if you... You maximize every exposure. Your yeah. Reps, so I'm hearing. totally. And like what if I'm watching, you know, if I'm watching TV or if like, like there's certain... And like there's different... Like my abilities only go so far at this moment. And like I want that to to grow and it doesn't grow fast enough and I mm. want to be better at more things and it just there's so many hours in the day and like how do you practice it and and then you realize that like okay maybe that means like collaborating with people to bring a vision to life you don't have to be the best at everything you can still create the thing you want to create but you don't have to do all the technical elements to get it done yes and do you think <clears throat> and not that it's one or the other but collaborating with someone else does that help you uh, decide on whatever you've made is the best of your ability and produce it faster than if you were to do it on your own because like next question that was kind of coming up was like how do you decide that this project is finished yeah. when it could never be finished totally and so I think that that's you know it's definitely a a thing that um, that is present like the work is all like I don't, you know, start work at 9 a.m. and finish at 5. Like, a, you know, a lot of people in L.A., like, they, it's not how we work, right? It's, we're always working and we're always not working. We're always, like, we're, the way I live is, I try to, and it, it, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but I, I live in a way that, that I'm trying to express myself creatively, like, across, like, all these different, totally, you know, all the relationships time. or work or whatever it is, and but I would say with like the collaboration, so when I started my first agency, it was great, um, but it was like me and then um, like working with a bunch of, you know, other people, subcontractors. When Logan and I started Agency Standard, yes. it was... Um, sorry it took us 16 minutes yeah, to get there, but... I, you know, <laughs> you needed to hear it. I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> if, even, if you even made it this far, I don't know. Oh, they But if did. you did. <laughs> um, but when we started it... Um, um i i realized that how did it propel you forward to maybe producing well i think it was it was more than just like making graphics it became this this practice in creating anything mm-hmm. right and so like logan and i are like pitching tv shows we're coming up with you know we're investing in companies we're coming up with um creative ways to express ourselves and our creativity um in ways that like I never like thought I could in in a way um I knew it was in me but it was how do I unlock this and I think that when you it's like you know the into the wild book or story it's like 
when you do things by yourself, there's limitation to some mm-hmm. extent. When you do that with another person, things become more fun and what you're capable of like is exponentially greater. And so that's what that's what's possible with Logan and I. Um these and what, ide- yeah, what makes what makes you guys good partners for each other in, yeah. in that like chemistry for collaboration. Totally. Well, <clears throat> Logan's a funny guy and I don't I don't know him through the way you know he doesn't have any other you know agency partners you know what i mean like he's got mm-hmm. a lot of like coaches that he works with a lot of students um a lot of he's you know has his mentorships but i see a side of him that we like it's we vibe on this like strange level like this work level where we both think anything's possible and if we and like we both just generate ideas and we can't stop with just we keep riffing and then <laughs> together what we do is we can take that idea and like take it all the way to execution so where other people can get hung up on okay well how do we take this idea and make it into a thing it's yes. like okay well that's what we can do we can now take this idea and like help share this idea through graphics so now we can like make a video or make a pdf or or make imagery that like helps us explain this idea without having to like sit with the person for 10 hours and like get them as you know as pumped up on it as we are you know so like you know lift run hang when we did yeah we came up with that it was like it was just an idea and obviously like it's an, an idea that brought in a lot of different things but what you have to do is take that idea and how do you take an idea and bring it to life yes exactly and so that's what you well all you have to do is start like all you do is like get like the pieces like get the skeleton get the mvp like the minimum viable product get the stuff that you need on a document or in an email or on a pdf or in an imagery and take that to someone else and get them pumped on it okay like, say that one more time that mvp because i think this uh, is like yeah so so valuable. see even levi's like this is valuable people you should be listening right now i know um, because it's it's one thing, uh, and it, it's not an arbitrary thing, but you know, when we're talking about fitness in the gym, it's like yeah, yeah. three, two, one, go. Okay, you can start the workout. Totally. But there's a certain level of, and I can't speak for everybody, right? But of self doubt that you have to co- yeah. overcome, of, you know, a certain amount of like courageousness to believe that you could bring to life something that hasn't already come to life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, getting you know where the rubber meets the pavement yeah what you just said with that mvp i think is so important and it comes back to like the whole perfectionism thing it's like people are afraid that like oh like i have an idea but it's not like let me wait until it's you know this much more fleshed out before i tell you about it or before i start talking about it or it's like no that what we have you know it's never going to be perfect so you just got to start with it and then the and MP- perfect doesn't exist and perfect doesn't exist right and we're always striving and like that's the goal and with the mvp a minimum viable product it's like get what you need out there and then you can always adjust it yes what, is, what do you call it adduce iterate adapt iterate yeah iterate on it i don't know maybe ba- i don't know yeah adaptation yeah adaptation wait like, we say there's there's um is this a the leadership is it like information based do i need more information or do i need to adapt yeah 
But also with, you know, ice bath, I say minimal effective dosage. Yeah, totally. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. need to sit in the ice for eight hours. But yeah. three minutes, whole Boom. new person. Yeah. 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 So, But I mean, having your agency uh, sounds like you, you know, the, the, that being official and that being real and that commitment to working together has provided yeah. this uh, anchor and structure that you can execute off of totally because it's not like made up and like oh my god wouldn't it be so cool if we did this thing together it's like we're doing this thing together exactly it's not there's not a what if it's like we're doing this thing and like we don't know how to do everything that we want to do and there's a lot of things that we're going to want to do that we don't even know we want to do at this point and so if we just keep moving forward and keep doing like who like i remember thinking like who writes tv shows and i was like why not people like me i guess like and then i wrote like i came up with a pitch and i i show i started pitching this one show um our the first show logan and i were pitching together and i I pitched it and they're like well we're not gonna buy your show but we love your deck so much that we want you to make our decks for us when we pitch tv shows and i was like see and then you're gonna learn more about pitching tv shows from that exactly and so now all of a sudden i'm realizing that like i don't know what i'm doing but no one knows what they're doing. Like, it's yes. not like people have been pitching TV shows since the beginning of time. Like, this just started. And there's no reason why I can't have a, a you know, a, like an aptitude for this that surpasses people that have been doing this according to like a different formula. Totally. You know, we don't need, you know, there's people just because it's one of those things where it's like, you don't need 30 years of experience. You need to have like an energy and like make something look cool. Like a lot of people can make, there's, no one can tell you like what kind of an artist you are. You could be doing art for one minute or like your entire life, and you're just as artistic as the other. That's like me and poetry. Yeah, you know? totally. It's like, I didn't. I never planned on that. Yeah. And most of them are shitty poems. But okay, but a couple. Who, who says that? <laughs> right, right, right. But but okay. Um, enough self-deprecation. <laughs> yeah. Two things I want to talk about. One, and and you may have um, heard it already. I know you've worked with him before, but TJ Stafford, yep. you know, speaks about stay in motion. Yep. And I listen to the podcast. With so him. much. He's just no. He's amazing. Sage, sage advice, but you know, I'm hearing similarly of you're not going to tell me I'm ever too old to produce a song yeah. or I have to be a certain way. Totally. But there's something about you know. I said, does inspiration come to you? And he's like, you can't I, wait if I start. Yeah. And so I just love hearing all these parallels between people who are producing. And I see that connected to um, this beautiful commitment to expressing creatively Mm -hmm. that uh, has nothing to do with competitiveness or leveraging that as fuel, which is kind of foreign to a lot of sports culture. Totally. And so I don't know if, you know, your background in sports or mm-hmm. I know you're talking about beautiful Colorado. Yeah, and totally. I don't know if people really compete on the slope. Oh, I'm sure yeah, anybody they, competes. Yeah. But, um, no, I know you What's mean. your relationship with, with competing and creativity? And not to say that they're, you know, uh, opposite sides of a spectrum, but how do you feed into can. the creativity like, think, more than the, yeah, the comparison sure. or competitiveness? Well, I think that we... I think I don't think it's like a binary, but I think that there is some kind of like if you're creative, you're not really in, you know, like in high school, it was like the drama kids weren't the athletes for the most part. Right. And like that's just and that's not accurate, but like that's sort of the perception. Right. And I and I think that that can actually be really harmful. And like having these labels put on you, well, I'm an athlete or or I'm an artist. It's like 
you can be all the things. They don't have to be exclusionary. And you don't have to compete as yes. an artist. Totally. Um, and I think that, I, you know, I was an athlete. I was a varsity athlete in high school. I played college softball. Um, I... My, did, you, did you do softball? You did yes, that? I did. Hell yeah, yeah, I was terrible. I, my 20-year-old my <laughs> self would have been ashamed of my performance. Oh, but did you have fun? Yes, I did. Um, right. You know, and I think that my relationship with competition has... I don't compete with other people anymore. I compete with myself. And I comp- it's hard because like right now my physical training... Um, I used to, you know, I used to do CrossFit. I used to like do the whole thing. I was in great shape. You know, I, you know, I had surgery on my shoulder and now I have, you know, a, a torn labrum in my hip that I'm, I've been struggling really badly with. And it's been um, like a really emotional thing because my body no longer like, re- like reacts, responds, can do the things that I want it to do, things that used to be so easy and simple like just are like almost impossible for me right now and so going through the motions of like how to repair that for years and and now like if that means surgical the whole point is I I'm inside of a body that I didn't that I didn't expect to to be in in a lot of ways and and I'm very grateful I like I'm healthy it's just I'm struggling with a thing that's keeping me from being the way I used to be. And so it's it's been an identity thing. Um, yeah. Talk about that a little bit more, yeah. especially coming from like a college sports background, competitive. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know I can relate to that. And yeah. it's easy to fall into the comparative trap of like, oh, well, my fitness or my you know, sports performance was at this level before. So if it's any less than like, what does that mean to me as a person? But what I'm hearing throughout your career is that you've just exploded and you keep blossoming into feeding these like other capacities that you have. And those are only growing. And maybe, maybe they wouldn't have gotten this attention Mm -hmm. if your body wasn't like, yeah, like maybe Maybe this isn't everything. Yeah, no, totally. Um, You know, I think that the way... I think that it's given me, um, it's forced me to give myself grace Mm. with how, you know, the way, you know, the way I see myself, right? The way that I, you know, I don't have to be the best. I don't have to win. I don't have to fight through it. You know, I don't have to do the workout at, the prescribed, you know, I, I can do what feels right for me. And you don't, I don't have to be a 22 year old because I can't be. Sorry, that was Levi again. Um, He's just protecting the house. We yeah. Got, we got a dog that we are not familiar with <laughs> passing by right now. So thank you, Levi. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Um, the, so when you, when you start, and it's not, it's not easy, you know, like when you are, when you're, when your identity is changing and not because you've chosen it to change, that's also something TJ was talking about. Like when I, when your identity and when things are um, being changed for you that you have to just like adapt to, it can be challenging. Um, you can fight it. Yeah. You can fight it. And, and then you realize it's a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't have to just keep doing things the way you used to, because you're not the way you used to be. So that's all to say that growing like doesn't always look like you think it's going to look. Yes. 
and um and like we are you know we're i'm in my you know i'm 35 it's like you know i i was 22 yesterday it felt like you know and all this stuff has happened and and i couldn't be happier like i'm surrounded by people like you i'm surrounded by people like logan um but you're being nice about me well no (laughs) i mean it's true though like you know i didn't you do you know breath and exposure down at deuce and i was like how long did i how long have i been in this like scene wanting to do that looking at the photos being inspired and never did it because i was like nervous and scary it's scary but then you know showing up and doing yeah just being willing is half the thing and it's um it's a powerful moment when you do stuff like that uh but you realize that you get to reinvent yourself you don't have to it you know it hurts when you can't like do a squat the way you used to but then you realize that you know layers peeled off but then like you're a a new thing now and like that new thing can do other yeah it's almost like you're i don't know if there's the right word here but the the aperture the way you're viewing life Mm -hmm. you know you see things from a broader perspective now almost that of like what felt like you had to fight it at first like oh my god my body's like yeah and to like okay but that's only just movement there yeah and what you know you listen to that episode with TJ and maybe you've listened to a couple of the other ones. I'm fascinated by the creative process. But when I say creative process, it's like anything you create. Yeah, totally. Is creative. And I'm hearing this like common thread of, you know, I know more fulfilling life might sound cheesy, but, (laughs) but almost that to create things and to have some form of expression in your life is kind of like a bucket of health that, uh, maybe we can we can name that and Mm -hmm. and just when i say that i mean when you think of um what brings health into your life that you actively have to do whether that's like make sure i track my sleep or move through delta bravo or move in some capacity and also do this work create these things like yeah what would those things be and then maybe if you could emphasize uh you know what constitutes reaching that certain level of like you're you're more fulfilled you're growing Mm -hmm. human being when you're doing these yeah ventures totally so like off the bat like i grew up very privileged and i'm still very privileged i i just to to be able to have this conversation like feels like a huge privilege um and so when i think about being like at a place in my career where I just get to like come up with ideas and like create something that I want to create like as far as I'm concerned I've made it already you know totally I get to bring things to life that just was an idea and that feels just really powerful in itself um so the things that have at least like recently um you know with you know adapting to covid and right. and like everything that you know brought with it good and bad um and then also there was um a pretty profound um experience that i had i lost somebody very close to me um her name was vicky she was my uh, best friend's mom but she was like a second mom to me she mm-hmm. she passed away from cancer uh, a few months ago and what was what was really powerful is i drew her I draw illustrations, and um, if you go to the agency standard Instagram, you can see them, but I drew a picture of her, and 
this was when she was still alive and I, I sent yeah. it to her and she was like oh my god it's beautiful and I was like I think it captures your essence and she's like it does and so she was like a part of this like moment where I was able to like take this picture that she sent me was able to like create this beautiful illustration of her send it back to her we you know talked about this and um so she ends up uh passing away and it was like you know devastating for a yeah. lot of reasons but what I did was I had that picture what I did was um I print or I got like a couple thousand stickers of that picture mm-hmm. created and I sent them to her four children uh who I grew up with and of course they were you know they it like got you know the stickers got there like two days after she had passed you know three days before the service and so um they got there and I was like all right when the box gets there call me so I can explain to you what this is about and so the box gets there and they open it and they see these stickers and they call me and I was like okay so and they're like sweet and but they didn't fully like grasp what it meant and I was like here's the deal with these stickers these stickers keep your mom in the pocket of everyone that loved her and so when they go on vacations and when they go on trips or when they are walking to you know their store to like get you know food you just take that sticker and you slap it up and so then it's if it's in your neighborhood or wherever she's everywhere she's everywhere and so now what what's cool is like you know they started a whole instagram handle with it and so now like all the friends like if you want some you just send your address we send them out and now like she's in amsterdam she's at you know she's in tokyo she's she's more popular than flat stanley yeah yeah totally she's everywhere and so it's um but it took you creating that thing to commemorate it yeah and it became this like working um it was like the first time that my art i feel like my art met reality and met like a greater purpose if that makes sense um like your art transcended in that in that project fully and i think that there's no going back after that yeah there isn't and it i didn't set out to do that it became this thing that happened because she was sick I wanted to draw her and send it to her just to like do a thing you know and yeah and then we talked about it and then now she when I look at that thing it's not like I made it after the fact which would have been fine too but it was just nice that you know she was a part of that conversation to begin with and then now that seeing her brings joy to people Mm -hmm. you know and and so it made it I always talk about how my art tends to be you know, you can view it from your computer or your, your iPhone, but I'm not, I don't always print things. Um, right. So it, it feels good when I do print things and then that art is now in the real world. Um, yes. So, and it's not like, you know, you can always take a sticker off. It's not like it's vandalism, but if it was anything worth vandalizing for, it would be like, come to on. begin with. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that, that felt like a really powerful way that the art got to express itself and that I got, was able to express myself through my art because I've never considered myself an artist and I don't know if I do anymore um but but once she passed um then I've actually there's another project that I'm working on that was sort of like actuated because of her passing and so um that's also going to be like a podcast um but it's going to be a really vulnerable effort um I'm really excited to this share. This is the it. podcast that you're working on. Now. Yeah, presently. Yeah. Yes, and it's going to be powerful. And it's um, actually today was the first day that where the editor is like, you know, putting it together. So it's like pretty exciting. Wow. Um, 
But again, I don't I mean who do people go to school to produce podcasts? Do people like no, you just yeah, get to do no. it. I mean, you you're ask, producing a podcast? Yeah, and you right ask now. your guests about the audio. Every, yeah. I learned about a splitter today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But how cool that uh one thing leads to the next cuz you did it. Yeah. You drew her. Well, I think that you know when you're when you stop being <laughs> when you stop being afraid um and you realize that like failing is just part of it and like what is failure anyways when you stop being scared and you just realize that just you being you is good enough you don't have to be anything but you and so no matter what you're gonna be fine because put that on a sticker i mean <laughs> true you but it's true you gonna, yes and you don't have to be anything but like i don't have to be my, i don't have to be my 22 year old self i don't need to be my 22 year old body like it's okay and I you don't, don't even call yourself an artist and yet if anybody has checked out the deuce <laughs> website or any of our digital assets now it's like you're creating them yeah and and you've brought even you know just specific to like the breath and exposure program like you've helped bring that to life and mm -hmm. it's so cool um when people come in and you know i like to ask them how do you find out about deuce and they're like i just you know googled it and you guys were like the only place in the area or you guys look like the best place in the yeah, area hell yeah it, but you helped bridge that gap yeah, totally. between uh in a lot of ways preserving but adding this like it's accessible evergreen, yeah it's this evergreen timeline component yeah. too that like you can meet it whereas if you weren't at the experience in real life or you didn't know the person in that moment or in that lifetime it's still going to live on in a lot of the art that you do totally well and i think that that's you know if you're driving down lincoln and you see it you see the brand like you some you're like what is happening there like you experience something right mm -hmm. and um whether or not it was online or an or an instagram handle was created like it the brand was already going to exist right and so my job is just helping other people access that brand that that didn't get a personal invite to the gym to understand it yes um and as somebody who's been it like broadens the doorway and it and it brings it closer to everyone. Yeah, it makes it um, it makes it approachable. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you guys, you know, Logan does talks a lot about like perception and you know versus like reality and um, it's helping people understand that there's a place for them there if they want there to be right. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and it's a special like what's happening at Deuce is really special and to be a part of that in and help with the branding and the communication of that thing like feels like a privilege to be able to be part of that because it changes so many people's lives i mean it's changed my life profoundly and i don't train there but you know my fiance does delta bravo mm -hmm. you know a bunch of my friends go there it's just a you know i get to be friends with you through it i get to be friends with the other coaches and it's like the work that happens there it just to be able to be part of that in any capacity feels like a gift and to be able to be a contributing part of it, which is ultimately the um, the only way to be part of it is if you're contributing. Yeah. Um, it feels it, it feels like a gift. And to be able to have a job that never feels like work. I yes. Mean, what? <laughs> yes. It's but incredible. that's a great, great distinction of um, the contribution 
but yeah just to like glow up on you for a second <laughs> it's like we're so grateful to have you and the opportunities that snowball because of how you're able to make Deuce more accessible for other people and and even to just share this conversation and share more about your life how you daily are just vulnerably going for things and creating things that like no one's ever done before you've maybe never done before but you're doing the best that you can and you're and you're trying anyway um that you know these applications are far broader than moving the barbell yeah and not that that's you know meaningless not at all yeah but um but to put it in this broader perspective yeah it's a bigger machine it's there's a lot of different things that go into making this brand and making and you know creating the things around it like you guys create curriculums you create courses you you create a space you Mm. know you you train you work directly with individuals and you know you measure things like what i do is like the it's this, it's the way to take all of that and um and create ways to share that to make it consumable for people because that's ultimately the goal is to share and to inform and to educate and to help people like achieve the thing that they're coming you know they're not coming to do to get their car fixed right they're coming to do for a reason right and so that's what we're in the business of um, helping to support and empower is the effort and the, I don't know, what comes from that effort. Yeah, and I, I'm i curious how you navigate that line between um, uh, known and unknown, you know, like the, the minimal amount of information that someone needs to make it accessible, but also kind of keep this component of maybe mystery as yeah. well without mm-hmm. being like too mysterious. Yeah. What kind of goes on in your mind when you're thinking about creating uh, you know, a successful ad or email or something that's engaging and compelling, but just like a song, right? If they like sang every word and it wasn't, yeah. you know, or, or if, if someone's describing their art, it's like, well, it kind of like takes away from it. Like, how do you keep it art versus science? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that, I think that the imagery at Deuce is so powerful. The, just the pictures of people giving their best effort. I mean, I could look at pictures from the, you know, former guest on here, Sarah, that t- she takes them at the breath and exposure seminars. Yes. Like if, if you're going to do a breath and exposure seminar, you, you know, try to line it up with when Sarah's <laughs> taking pictures because it's, it's really powerful. She captures these moments of people like achieving or trying or giving their best effort. And it, is very compelling in and of itself. Um, and so if you're on the outside and you see that, you're moved just by that snapshot of time. Mm-hmm. And so, and like for me, my, you know, my role getting to cherry pick the best pictures from this thing that is so visually um, captivating is is the fun part, you know, making assets that, you know, convey information you know, if if those images didn't exist, it would be a lot harder to do. The fact that those images, like, because what you're, you're not, like, what you're selling, like, you're in the business of communicating what's happening there, and it's that special thing. Human experience. It's a human experience. And, um, and so the content that comes out of there, the photos, the videos, I mean, 
And again, those that doesn't happen unless you have coaches that are are pushing you know these students to new levels. You know, you don't get best efforts from people that you're not coaching to get be- to get best efforts from. So, you know, and then you don't the way you coach comes from a process that you guys right. all learn. So right. like there's, there's technical and yeah. objective parameters. Exactly. And so it's not like deuce oh, it's just easy to take, you know, make you know, design based on cool photos of people working out. Like that's not it. Cause you can, there's a lot of people that have gyms that you, the photos aren't what they are from mm. Deuce. Deuce has, you know, Logan once said to me that, you know, Deuce is, you know, at Deuce, like you're allowed to have a little dust and dirt at Deuce cause it's an outdoor gym, but too much dust and dirt is a problem. You're only allowed to have so much like, and so that's mm. like the idea is like, you know, the spray paint and the, the wood, the metal, like it all has a certain kind of energy, but that is very curated. It's yes. not just an accident that it looks and feels like it's grungy. Like it's an, it's a brand, it's an energy and it's the context for which like this, all this other stuff happens on. And that is planned. It's not a mistake that the kegs are where they're at or the the Atlas stones are where they're at or the way, you know, a sign looks or the reason why the wall is red. Like those all have reasons behind it. And all born out of, I was going to say thousands, but probably hundreds of thousands of small decisions yeah. of choosing. And, and incidental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also all of those things, while they might seem incidental, like they have been they inform this greater whole and you know the north star that like you know logan's been following and, and the coaches have been following i mean it's not a mistake that things are the way that they are and it might and like i remember one time somebody like when you say somebody's got style right whether it's in sports or in um fashion or you know the way that some uh, soccer, I mean, mm-hmm. you're a soccer player, like mm-hmm. um, when somebody has style, what that means is they make something really hard, look really easy. Yes. And so succinct. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's it. Because other people can do the same thing, but they can do it and it doesn't look as good because they don't have the style. The style is what like separates like really yes. great from like amazing. And so that's, if you can make something look easy, like you go into deuce, like things like just look, oh, this is just how it is because this is, you know, that's just, no. Lacey doing a muscle up or a snatch. Yes, totally, yes. totally. Or, you know, the way. So difficult though. The, the organization, the way like everything sort of like, it's not a big space, but it's big enough and outdoor space gets used. But every, like there's this place for everything it all makes sense and it's all little, little pieces and it's been designed by a bunch of people who care. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, feels good to be a part of that. And like the things that I've learned from that process. Ask, yeah. I was going to ask what makes a good brand, but I think you just, you just described it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of really good brands and, and the thing is it's something that, like there's a lot of really cool brands that just like look a certain way, things that I follow online, but that don't have like a big following or, you know, maybe aren't around forever. Um, like they, they're not sustainable. Right. 
having a cool brand isn't hard to do. Come up with a cool concept, have a cool vibe, get people kind of interested. What's hard is, is, um, is the longevity of a cool brand. Like that's, and then to be able to like reinvent and grow and adapt, like that's where things, like that's where you gotta be like light in your feet. You know, you gotta be ready to move. And if you're not, and you know, you gotta be ready to move and adapt and all those things. But if you're not ready to give a hundred percent all the time, like when it's inconvenient, when you don't feel like it, when you're tired, when you're sick, um, it's not gonna work out. Um, and it requires like an intense amount of vulnerability at all times. Um, but maybe that's just the plight of the entrepreneur or the, yeah, or just that kind of mindset. Um, I don't know. It's uh, cool brands. I mean, I, I love people that start brands that like have cool things going on and, and it's just watching them develop over time is also a, um, I don't know, it's interesting. It's so cool listening to you describe that. I'm curious if you were to give advice for someone who maybe has something like that has sustenance, right? And like it is a brand or it's an evolving brand and they're trying to grow that brand um, of like, you know, I what you provide is could be categorized as a form of marketing, but, but yeah. that's not what it is. No, and totally. so... What, how would you communicate um, I know what you're getting anchoring at. that North Star of yeah. what what drives the work mm-hmm. not like a calculated schedule of like I'm gonna post this on this totally. day this on this day yeah but it's almost like you're feeding this living organism yeah. to give it your all and vulnerably and that dictates the workflow and load and all that all of it yeah I think that that's um like I've been you know. I'm very discerning with the work that I take on now because I'm not like you'll have people come to you and be interested in, you know, certain services. And I'm not interested in doing work for, um, I'm just discerning in that I only want to take work on that. Like I have a vested interest in because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I find that, to make anything work nowadays, like you have to give it your all. And that that means like all of the brain power that you have has to go into it. And if if it doesn't, it suffers. And, and that means like what you were saying, like people would Google something. It's like there's a whole strategy behind, you know. Search people, optimization. Yeah. yeah. And like that whole thing, like there's so many technical things that need to happen. And then there's so many adaptive things that need to happen and most importantly if you want something to work you need to be surrounded and on a team with people that are willing to put in what you want to put in Mm -hmm. otherwise it's not going to work right and i think that's one of the things that i've learned over the years i guess is that like you need to trust people around you you need to trust that like these are the people that like will have your back and that will show up in the same way you show up and will give their all. And, and yeah, and that means like giving your all on one day, maybe, you know, like the output looks different than on another day. I'm not saying that everyone needs to run 100 miles per hour all day, every day, because that's, like, that's not the goal either. Right. But you need to know that like, you know, life's too short to just be like not giving your all. Half-assed. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason. So you got to find people that like, you know, you trust to 
you know, keep pace with. And that means yeah. like, like in their heart and their output and, you know, you have to find that alignment. And once you do, you keep those people close because, mm-hmm. you know, you can learn all sorts of technical things, but what you can't teach is, you know, the heart. And, um, I think that that's actually one of my greatest, uh, I don't know, arrows in the quiver, I yeah. guess is, and maybe it's the quiver itself. It's the fact that like, if I'm like what I bring to the table is more than just, cause I'm not even that, I mean, I can design things, but my graphic design, like I'm not the best designer in the world by any stretch of the imagination. I, but I can get it done. But what I bring is like this, like Cleveland Midwest work ethic where I'm like, you need an asset. I will have that done in two minutes. And it is, five in the morning like yes. and I'll do it just because I know you need it because I know what it's like to be that person that's like oh I hope creative gets back to me and design gets back to me and like sends me the thing that I need to post right you care so much about the people that you work with yeah and that comes through and it what I'm hearing is in this like hearing you describe trust and willingness mm-hmm. when like it's hard and it's like yeah. not super convenient um but that is in a lot of ways that that north star and the the prerequisite or the buy-in to that is like you got to commit to the people in these relationships that you're working with because otherwise it's too easy to get you know swept up in who's doing this and who's doing that and am i maximizing this you're almost like playing these small games the low-hanging fruit of, Mm -hmm. of like it's it's not about that yeah not at all um it's I, I think that gives people something tangible to really consider in their own lives mm-hmm. where it is that maybe they're stuck or they want to move forward and propel further. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, who's your team around you? And it's yeah. not a numbers game, but like, are you are you committed to them in that work? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, what are you doing there? Yeah, totally. I think the people you surround yourself with and like it's not just like the homies. It's like people that push you to become this this best version of yourself and you don't it sounds cliche but it's true like you'll surround yourself with a group of people and I think that's what's so powerful about Deuce I mean everyone at Deuce like collectively individually people push each other to this next level and that is something that you know while I've you know I'm not like going to the gym regularly, but I'm like, my friends are there. It's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way of contextualizing the work there that like transcends the gym and into everyone's life around it. And that's where, you know, you get to realize that like, and this is a thing that Logan and I always say to each other is like, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Like, can we do this? Yeah, of course we can. Anything's possible. There's, there's this like truly this belief that I now, See, like anything is possible and figure out what you want to do and just start. Like TJ said, just start Mm -hmm. because no one knows what they're doing. We're all just figuring it out together. And if you can just do what is like, not do like what your parents think, not do what your boss thinks. Like, I mean, to some extent, do what your boss says, but like be the best version of yourself. And if you want to do like you want to go do like open a restaurant, just do Do something today. Do it like I don't know with design with agency like i and like sort of like to round it out to bring it back to like you know i was an athlete in high school i didn't consider myself an artist i still don't to some extent but 
if you start to label yourself and you don't realize that you can transcend and include those labels Mm. you will limit what you're capable of and like as far as i know we get one shot at this life so might as well might as well like take some and like yeah there's risk in that and there's you know you you know got to ante up to play but like take the risk there's no reason not to what's the worst that could happen like what is the worst you look dumb who cares i'm ready to like run through a brick wall right now. yeah <laughs> totally i love this because i do know that one thing we're continuing to grow and get better at and you've had a large influence on this is making sure that that perception of dues is far beyond just the weights we're united by the training and mm-hmm. there are objective parameters and points of performance and it's hard it's freaking hard yeah. um but deuce is a place where people can go to live a healthier life mm-hmm. and through doing these hard things with fitness there's these transferable skills mm-hmm. and what's so cool about all the things that you're sharing what i admire so much about it is you're living and expressing and giving permission and and a simple formula for anyone Mm. who's looking to transcend you know beyond i pr'd my deadlift one day but like i want to pr like what i'm producing in my career or even pivoting careers or starting something new or better relationships that uh you know all of these things are difficult but it's the same formula you know you just do it and and Again, I I speak in circles, but it's this much (laughs) broader, more holistic perspective of health and wellness than what I've seen from any other gym. Yeah. You know? Totally. And I I would say also that, um, like, in college and and probably, you know, to this day, my friends know me as being a scaredy cat. Especially, you know, because I'll, I'll do a lot of mountain sports and like, you know, go hiking in Alaska and there's bears. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm the person that's like, hey, bear, you know, like afraid of anything that could possibly do me damage. Like I just can be a fearful person. Um, but I also, while like my friends will joke saying that I'm, I'm the biggest scaredy cat, they also all have acknowledged that I'm the bravest person because I have to overcome that fear like in a way that you know not everyone is as afraid of everything as I am but I'm you also face those experiences yeah and like other you know just my fear is like I'm afraid of sharks in the water and I'm afraid of like whatever it doesn't really matter but the the point is like there's gonna be there's gonna be always like a million reasons like not to do something because you could because you're afraid of it because you look dumb because you don't know how because you don't know if anyone will show up like there's a million reasons to be afraid of things but like there's a million reasons to like just do it mm-hmm. and why not you know you again like and it seems existential and that's that's honestly what half the like half the time in my head I'm like well we're all just gonna die at some point so I might as well just try <laughs> it seems silly but like that's a very real thing you know that's a very real like but it's something you can come home to and be like, okay, so the alternative is to like not do anything. Yeah, like that's it sobers you up fast. And drive mm-hmm. action. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, it seems silly, but it's um, but it's also like, you know, a really human thing. Like that, you know, this is this is it. So, um, I love that you said that because Tim Brown, who was the last episode, he he talked about how uh, he was covering baseball mm-hmm. his whole life. 
and then gets the opportunity to cover the Bulls. Like, at the height of the Bulls yeah. championship, you know, covered three of their championships. Yeah. Had never done it before. And and he's like, at the end of the day, it's like we're, we're documenting human uh, tragedy. You know, it's like triumph and tragedy. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And when you can, like, come back to that and say, why not play with that versus not? Yeah. You know, it's like makes everything. Yeah. Makes everything better. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, conversations over a campfire at night, you know, hit differently than conversations over coffee in the morning. It's like, but it the, both those things, like, it's to be, anytime you can get close to your humanity and, and get close to the present moment, like, that's where, um, you know, that's where, at least for me, that's when I feel the most alive and the most capable like when I realize like you know like we force ourselves into these paradigms like what success looks like what um what a career looks like um corporate ladders and such like what job security yeah job security as if you can't have it if you're yes like if you're what you need is trust in yourself and trust in the fact that like as long as you're there you're gonna be okay because Mm. you're gonna be there and so you know, that's what I was going to ask. What what do you draw inspiration from? But it feels like, you know, coming to the what's at the heart of like humanity and yeah. the experience and capturing that you're in. It's like it's everything you need is right there. Totally. And it's it's all right there. It the moments when like you don't expect things like, I mean, for me, you don't you don't realize you're growing until you you can look back and say like oh wow i just decided to like this is where the, i could see a shift like in hindsight you know yes um but it requires people around you introducing you to new concepts and then you not being afraid to ask a question mm. not being afraid to not know everything because you're never going to know everything mm-hmm. and if you you have to trust the fact that if you have the question the question's worth asking so ask like it that. you know like use yourself as you know as a barometer for that trust you don't have to know everything if you want to get into design or whatever you just get to start and you get to start drawing and playing and i'll also say that i can make really cool like badass graphics i cannot draw shit on paper with you know a pen or a pencil like if somebody was like oh sweet like you you you're an artist you no i'm not like i can't do that um but that's okay and yeah. like for a long time i'd be like oh like i can't like freehand stuff and I'm like i don't have to yeah like that's not where i spend my time that's not what i like to do i like to do this other thing that's hard to quantify and yes and that's sort of like the thing that i've struggled with and with agency work is it's hard to quantify all the things that you know that i do i know how to do and it's sort of all that's why i use the term digital production i mean it's all you know it's all within that sphere but ultimately you get to grow and expand to areas that you know you can't just put on a website under services yes so okay i'm freaking inspired over here (laughs) just like ants in my pants over here one question i always ask and you probably already know this but and again you've already spoken on it but you know maybe just to like tie back to it or any advice that you have kind of surrounding this very curious about what drives people or or what is that like the 
the one simple thought that they come back to to do something they've never done before or to take the next step even with all the fear and the uncertainty you mm -hmm. know um if what comes up for you when i say you know like what drives you and what what gets you to take action yeah well i think that in simplest terms like anything is possible um and when it comes to the actual like getting up and sitting at you know the computer or at the desk and starting and starting it's um it's being it's being excited and present in the work that you're actually doing and that that means getting to a point where you get to like work on the projects and the the material that you're ultimately interested in that connects with you um but you know i would say that anything is possible and like don't limit yourself don't start identifying as something um i i you know who writes tv shows not me well why actually not? yes <laughs> actually yes like you know who makes podcasts kimmy does like it's just we get to do whatever we want like you said if if you're curious about the question then it's worth asking yeah and go from there yeah trust yourself all right i'm gonna produce a tv show <laughs> <laughs> yeah Any, perfect anything you want to add this has been such an awesome conversation i'm so yeah. excited for people to listen to it no i mean i you know just being here feels exciting to explore these topics with you um i love designing i love creating um and i'm never you know i'm open to whatever that looks like down the road and i can't wait to see what's next so yeah, yeah. pumped to be here all right we're gonna go produce tv shows yep um thank you so much nikki and uh everybody thanks for listening see you next time <laughs>